Produced by Q News for the WIA, this is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1 WIA. Hi there, I'm Graham VK4BB. Thanks for tuning WIA National News. This for week commencing June 9, 2013. And more digital tests from international broadcaster in our own backyard. Yes, Radio Australia will be conducting HF tests using digital text modes MFSK and FLARQ this weekend, June 8 and 9, 2013. Freeware FLDigi will automatically handle these for you. The VOA radiogram site provides an interesting insight to a number of recent shortwave digital tests, including an earlier Radio Australia test. It also provides more information on this weekend's tests. The transmissions will contain text and images from Radio Australia's website, as well as contact details for sending responses. Now, all the transmission schedule is on wia.org.au. New television captioning quality standard. Deaf and hearing impaired Australians should have improved access to meaningful television captions under the new television captioning quality standard. The standard sets rules about the quality of captions for television services, requiring them to be readable, accurate and comprehensible. Graham O'Brien, Victor Kilo 2 Foxtrot Alpha, whilst portable Geraldton VK6, managed to get about a 20-minute interview with Carter Edwards on the Super Radio Network about coming to the AGM from Newcastle by car and about ham radio. Carter allowed Graham to promote amateur radio big time. You've driven across in your Corolla, is it? That's correct, little Toyota Corolla towing our little... Six-by-four trailer with a uh, trailer tent. Okay, and you must be really, really enjoying it. Uh, do you have the capacity to be able to use a ham radio on the road? Oh, yeah, yeah. I um, Even this afternoon, I was talking to my friend up in Kempsey um, as I um, I was driving along the, the coast uh, looking at the beaches and that, and we were talking to um, a mate, in, a Scott in Kempsey, and uh, also a friend up at Scone, so, yeah. That's one of the advantages of ham radio. You can go anywhere in the, the country and um, you can talk back home or you can talk all over the world, for that matter. I was out in the middle of the Nullarbor and someone called me from Spain. Oh, how good is that? <laughs> yeah, how good is that, really? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. It's a great hobby. Oh, well, and wonderful. That was the only uh, international connections that we had many years ago, the only international connections. Yeah, that's I'll be, I've had my licence, I was 17 when I've got it, I'm 60 now, so it's a major part of my, uh, my hobby. If I can put in a plug, if anyone's interested in ham radio, if they have a look at the Wireless Institute of Australia website at wia.org.au. Uh-huh. wia.org.au. Wonderful. And uh, they have all information there on anyone who's interested in becoming a ham radio operator. Across Australia, from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service, relayed in South East Queensland on 146.700 and 146.950 MHz repeaters at 9am. I'm Bryn, VK4GF. On the WIA National News, Peter Ellis, VK1PE, 
has found an interesting academic analysis of the long-distance communication problem. In a recent paper, End-to-End Interstellar Communication System Design for Power Efficiency, David G. Messerschmitt of the University of California at Berkeley proposes various solutions to the information rate versus average power trade-off. While this paper discusses at length the SETI problem, it is probably a good read for those wanting to understand the place of channel coding and other techniques. He discusses five power-efficient design principles that can asymptotically approach the fundamental limit on the information rate and, in practice, increase the power efficiency by two to three orders of magnitude. The most important is to trade higher bandwidth for lower average power. Smith is no lightweight in communications, a fellow of the IEEE, a member of the National Academy of Engineering and a recipient of the IEEE Alexander Graham Bell Medal, Professor Emeritus and former Chair of Electrical Engineering and Computer Sciences at the University of California at Berkeley. End-to-end interstellar communication system design for power efficiency is quite readable, but at 237 pages, download it and read it on a screen. Find the reference link in the print version of this broadcast. For National Radio News, I'm Peter Ellis, VK1PE. The Wireless Institute of Australia paves the way for new amateurs to our bands. What use is an F call? Recently, I was spending some time with a group of amateurs and we got the urge to fix a local repeater. In the past, I've seen things called cavities, but how they really worked or how you might tune them seemed like a mystery. I can report that it's less of a mystery today than it was last week. I'm yet to understand the full implications, but I learnt something. A repeater is a transmitter and a receiver working on two frequencies. The repeater receiver listens for input on one frequency and transmits it on a different frequency. The frequencies are generally on the same band, a 600 kHz for 2 meters or 5 MHz for 70 cm apart. When the transmitter is sending, some of the signal leaks back into the receiver making it less able to hear your signal. A cavity acts like a filter. You have a gadget that looks like a big Pringles can that filters out the transmit frequency and you connect that to the receiver, in effect making the receiver less able to receive the transmit frequency. The cavities come in a set that are intertuned, so you make the filter as deep as you can, making it deafer if you like. And each individual cavity has an effect on the next. With the right gear, you can actually see what's happening and how changing a bolt on the top of a cavity affects the filter. Suffice to say that we spent several hours playing and learning. That is what amateur radio is like. You start with a small problem, hours later, morning tea forgotten, you're still playing with connectors and adjusting things. I'm Mono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. From the WIA News Hub in Sydney and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. 102 new radio amateurs. Congratulations to the 102 candidates who passed the May 2013 radio amateur examination in South Africa. A total of 116 wrote the exam. The highest average obtained is 98%. 
There are three candidates who managed to obtain 100% for the regulations part and the highest mark for the technical section was 95%. Radio amateur among three veteran storm chasers killed by Oklahoma tornado. The three died last week near El Reno when an EF3 tornado with winds up to 165 miles per hour hit the Oklahoma City during rush hour. Veteran storm chaser Tim Samaras, WJOG, and his son Paul Samaras, and another chaser Carl Young, died. UHF Microphones Consultation Following on from a recent story here on WIA National News about radio mics in Australia, New Zealand's Radio Spectrum Management is now inviting submissions on their recently released discussion document, UHF Radio Microphones, Opportunities for Future Use. This discussion document presents future options for radio microphones using the 518 to 806 MHz UHF frequency range. This follows the New Zealand Government's recent announcement that it plans to auction the digital dividend radio spectrum in the 700 MHz band later this year. Misunderstanding creates a frenzy. A discussion on a South African repeater about some tests on 472 kHz asking other radio amateurs to listen and give reports caused a frenzy and panic that the activities could cause an aircraft to crash. A listener to the conversation did not listen carefully and interpreted the discussion as being about tests on 4720 kHz, which is an aircraft band. He warned the person on the repeater that they could cause an aircraft to crash. The discussion went back and forth, but the two parties did not realise they were talking about different frequencies. So a letter went off to ICASA, warning of the imminent danger. ICASA reacted and asked the SARL to investigate. Of course, SARL members are licensed to operate on 472 kHz on a secondary basis. In the table of frequency allocation, 4720 kHz is shown as aeronautical mobile. In some countries, it's also used for broadcasting. Any operation on 4720 kHz would not have caused an aircraft to crash, but in any case, there was no operation by radio amateurs. I guess the moral of the story is listen up and get the facts before you act and get everyone in a frenzy. Heard Island de-expedition rescheduled. Word is a planned Cordell expedition operation from Heard Island has been postponed until January 2015. Let's pick up on this story from our U.S. sister news bureau, Amateur Radio Newsline. Some breaking news in the world of DX. This with word that a planned Cordell expedition operation from Heard Island has been postponed until January of 2015. According to the expedition organizer Roger Schmeider, KK6EK, and co-planner Rich Holock, KY6R, the primary reason for the delay was the cost of using the preferred vessel, the Marion de France, to put the team on the island for the required time. In a note to the Ohio Penn DX newsletter and published by the Southgate News, KK6EK and KY6R says that despite extensive negotiations and rescheduling of the cruise, it became clear that the cost of using this vessel will exceed $1 million. Therefore, the total cost for the project would be about $1.5 million and that even increasing the team size to 50 to partially cover this cost was not enough. So the planners reluctantly concluded that sponsorship at this level would be impossible. KK6EK and KY6R say that they have therefore decided to delay the de-expedition to early 2015 to allow more time to restructure the project. It'll also give them the ability to locate a more suitable vessel and bring the cost more in line with the projected available resources. 
Dorset, England police are trying to locate what they describe as a white VW transporter van with a large amateur radio aerial on the roof that was recently involved in a road rage incident. Investigators allege that the van overtook a silver Audi driven by a Portland man. Police said the van driver and passenger approached the driver of the Audi and threatened him. They then took the automobile's keys and threw them down the road. German amateurs have had their six-meter band extended until the end of the year. The latest allocation is 50.03 to 51 megahertz, and the bottom of 30 kilohertz ties up with where the new six-meter synced beacons are planned. They may use all types of transmission with a bandwidth of up to 12 kilohertz, but must not cause any interference to the primary user of the band, the military. CQ Magazine has announced its eight inductees to its Amateur Radio Hall of Fame. It's also adding two members each to the CQ DX and Contest Hall of Fame. The 2013 inductees to the CQ Radio Hall of Fame are longtime amateur radio industry leader Evelyn Garrison, WS7 Alpha, the former QST Magazine Managing Editor Joel Kleinman, N1BKE, well-known BBC correspondent Lori Margolis, G3UML slash GPC3L, former Wireless Institute of Australia leader and chairman of the IARU Region 3, Michael Owen, VK3KI, Harry Rubenstein, the X9 Echo Echo Victor, who is credited as the inventor of the printed circuit and several other devices, journalist, author, and historian Walker Tompkins, K6ATX, famed guitarist and performer Joe Walsh, WB6ACU, and former CQ novice editor Bill Welsh, W6DDB, Evelyn Garrison, Joel Kleinman, Michael Owen, Harry Rubenstein, and Bill Welsh are being honored posthumously for their contributions. The 2013 inductees to the CQDX Hall of Fame are Vladimir Bielkov, UA4WHK slash AC4LN, and Robert Gary Dixon, K4MQG. CQ Contest Hall of Fame inductees are Dale Green, VE7SV, and Charles Fulp, K3WW. Some names in the news. First up is Helena E. Wright, curator of the Graphic Arts National Museum of American History. She reports that David Hochfelder, a professor of history at the State University of New York at Albany, together with his wife Ann Pfau, are searching for letters or other documents about American shortwave radio listeners during World War II, specifically from those who were hoping for news of prisoners of war. The two have already located some radio logs about listening activities, but need much more. If you can help in this research project, please contact Professor Hochfelder by email. On the 8th of June, eight-year-old Lauren Richardson, accompanied by her father, Kevin G0PK, will attempt to kayak 225 miles down the River Thames, raising money for Wide Horizons Outdoor Education Charity. The 13-day event will see them negotiate 45 locks and travel up to 27 miles a day from the, resource, from the source of the Thames to the sea. They'll be operating on amateur radio, copying, carrying two transmitters, one for two metres voice comms and the other for APRS, which will plot their position along the Thames via the internet. They'll be traceable as www.aprs.fi. After the apparent final demise of the Heathkit company last year, 
Hams on several websites are reporting that they were surprised to learn of a new consumer survey from whomever now owns the company name. The fairly lengthy online survey asks responders to relate what is important to them, their kit building interests, their thoughts about the many vintage Heath kits, and their interest, if any, in amateur radio. It also requests thoughts and ideas about Heathkit while offering the opportunity to sign up to join a mailing list. The opening page instructions note that customer privacy is very important to them. As such, they do not release personally identifying customer information outside the company, as explained in its privacy policy. Also, those responding to the survey can choose which questions that they wish to answer. These stories from the RSGB and from the Amateur Radio Newsline are on the web at www.arnewsline.org. And I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. You're tuned to VK1WIA. Produced by Q News for the WIA, this is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1 WIA. Operational News on Felix VK4FUQ, Dateline 2013. VK Shires, June long weekend, 0600 hours UTC, Saturday, June 8. Ends 0600 hours UTC, June 9. Worldwide International Museums Weekend, June 15 and 16 and 22-23. 160 m phone and 8160 m CW and digital trans-Tasman contest, 20 July, 8pm to 2am. VK Harry Angel Memorial Sprint, May 3, 2014. Special Event Stations, DX and Beacon and NetAdvice. TN5MS. Four operators will be on the air as TN5MS from Kogo, September 28th through October 11. They will be active on the HF bands. QSL via PA3AWW, either direct or logbook of the world. DXCC update. E51WL was the previous ZK1WL and good for DXCC. If you are DXCC hunting and have a card for E51WL for North Cork Island rejected... Here's some good news. According to Bill Moore at the AWL DXCC desk, it turns out that the operator is a native of the island and his previous ZK1WL had previously been approved. The bottom line is that this is just the call sign change. So if you had E51WL rejected in a recent submission, send an email to bmore at awl.org for an update to your record. PS2013 CCB Special Event Call 10 to 40 metre bands, SSB, CW and digital modes from 15 to 30 June. Celebrates the FIFA Confederations Cup Brazil. QSL via PS7AB, only via Bureau, LOTW, EQSL or email. PS7AB at yahoo.com CK3C, commemorating the 100th anniversary of the Canadian Arctic Expedition back in 1913-1916 and is on the air till July 1. Awards. Victorian Local Government Award. This operating award encourages amateur radio activity by contacting Victoria's 79 municipalities. Qualifying VK3 stations need contact 40 different municipalities, while others in VK require 30 and DX stations 20 municipalities. Now a look at the VK9 award. This time we are joined by VK4CF. Now, 
As you may or may not know, the Redcliffe Club sponsors three awards for all amateurs. They are the Tobar Award, the Redcliffe City Award and the VK9 Award. This week I'm going to discuss the VK9 Award. The award can be completed by using any or all bands or any or all modes. However, specific band and mode endorsements are also available. Shortwave listeners are also eligible to participate in this award and to qualify their log must include the call signs of both stations claimed. To achieve the award, one contact must be made with all VK9DXCC entities of Mellish Reef, Lord Howe Island, Norfolk Island, Christmas Island, Willis Island and the Cocos Keeling Island. Once you do this, complete the log have it signed by two licensed amateurs and enclose either $10 or 10 IRCs and send it to the awards manager, Redcliffe and Districts Amateur Radio Club, Post Office Box 20, Woody Point, Queensland 4019, Australia, or email it to the club's website, http www.redcliffradioclub.org.au, or just type in Redcliffe Radio Club into your search engine for all details. Broadcast monitoring SWL and scanner news. Radio Sri Lanka stops using 7190 kHz. According to info received from Victor 4S7VK, Honorary Secretary Radio Society of Sri Lanka, Friday, May 31, 2013 was the last day on which Sri Lanka Broadcasting Corporation used the amateur radio frequency 7190 kHz. 7190 kHz had been used for decades by SLBC for broadcasts to South India in various languages and at various times. The old-timers may remember that at one time Sri Lanka Broadcasting Corporation was the most powerful station in Asia and very popular in India. No TV then. And this 7190 kHz was their best frequency for listeners in South India. Thomas, K4SWL, is creator of the Shore Radio Audio Archive. He has already populated the site with more than 80 recordings, most of which were posted over the past two years. One he has is a very interesting Vatican radio broadcast announcing the selection of the new Pope. Do find it and subscribe, just Google the Shortwave Radio Audio Archive. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. This is Ian, VK7, India Romeo. Technology News. Water-based EMI RFI protective coating. Master Bond has released a new silver conductive one-part aqueous-based sodium silicate coating system formulated for use in EMI RFI shielding applications. The MB600S is a coating which cures at room temperature in 24 to 48 hours or in 1 to 2 hours at 80 degrees Celsius. It features high temperature resistance with a service temperature range of minus 18 degrees Celsius to 371 degrees Celsius. The energy emitted from various sources, including radios and appliances, can interfere with other electronic devices. Conductive coatings such as the MB6006 are often applied to the housings in order to protect the devices from these types of interferences. 
This silver-grey coloured system is used in a variety of aerospace and electronic applications. Tested according to IEEE 299-2006 methods, MB600S was as effective as the aluminium reference with a range of 95 to 105 dB from 100 MHz to 2 GHz. Above 2 GHz, the shielding effectiveness of MB6006 decreased to 80 dB and slightly below. Above 4 GHz, the effectiveness was 60 to 70 dB. As the system is water-based, it is relatively non-toxic and easy to handle. It can be brushed or sprayed with the proper equipment. If sprayed, the shielding effectiveness would be even greater than the values given above. And that was sourced from the Electronics News web e-zine. From VK1WIA, this is the National News Service. Tune in today, focus on tomorrow. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. UK astronaut assigned ISS duty in 2015. The United Kingdom's Guardian newspaper reports that Major Tim Peake has been selected to fly on a five-month mission on the International Space Station in 2015. Now, Tim was chosen for astronaut training in 2009, and since then he's been undergoing mission preparation in a number of locations around the world, including Star City in Russia and Johnson Space Center in Houston, Texas. He had previously served in the Army for 18 years, primarily flying Apache helicopters, and has seen active service in Afghanistan. Currently, it doesn't appear that Tim is a licensed radio amateur, but instruction in ham radio is still a part of astronaut and cosmonaut training. Fox 1 FM Transponder Spacecraft has been assigned a launch in 2014. FOX-1 is designated to operate in the sunlight without batteries once the battery system fails. This applies lessons learned from AO-51 and Arasat-1 operations. In case of IHU failure, FOX-1 aims to continue its operation as an FM repeater in a basic zombie sat mode, so that the repeater remains on the air. FOX-1 is designed as an immediate replacement for AO-51, its Mode B FM transponder will make it even easier to work with modest equipment. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting. Amateur radio is not just cool, it's sub-zero. Participants at a recent Scout Youth Council in Hampshire, UK, drew up a list of scouting activities ranked from seriously uncool to sub-zero. The young people involved put amateur radio in the top-rated sub-zero category, along with quad biking, parachuting and scuba diving. The four categories, seriously uncool, uncool, cool and sub-zero, are all based on those used in the cool wall in the TV show Top Gear. Special Interest Group's Raw Rotarians of Amateur Radio Rotary International, RI, is holding its annual convention this year in Lisbon, on June the 22nd to the 26th. Rotarians of Amateur Radio, or RAW, a fellowship of Rotarians, is activating a special event station, CR6RI, during the convention's exhibition hours from 0900 hours UTC to 1800 hours UTC. 
Frequencies to be used will be 14.293 MHz, 14.287 MHz and possibly 21.293 MHz. More information will be made available on qrz.com. Next year, Australia has the privilege of hosting this convention in Sydney and RAW will be activating a special event station to celebrate Rotary in Australia. VK4ZD Bill is the president of Rotarians of Amateur Radio 2012-2015. to Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. This is VK1WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. And here we are again at the end of the WIA National News Service. On the social scene in July, July 20 in VK3 is the Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club Hamfest. The Caboolture Hamfest is in VK4 on July 20 also. July 28 in VK2, the Albury-Wodonga Amateur Radio Club's Hamfest. August 11 in VK2, Sarkfest. That's at 414 Richmond Hill Road near Lismore. And also on air in August, August 17 to 18, is the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend. Okay, we'd also like to thank uh, a couple of people that wrote in through the week and uh, thanked us. Thank the uh, newsreaders in particular and... uh, Singled out uh, Jason, VK2LAW, as as a great newsreader, so thanks very much for that. And uh, I'm glad it was last week with poor old Jason uh, reading the news today uh, with more than just a little dose of a cold. So get well soon. To everybody out there, walk softly. I'm Graham, VK4BB. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.